Politico tells us that when Barack Obama agreed to back legislation in May that would eventually repeal the military's don't ask, don't tell policy, the resolution seemed to offer twin benefits for the White House. One, quell the anger of the gay activists who accuse Obama of foot dragging on the issue and allow the question of gays in the military to cool for a while, perhaps until the November election. Wrong. The issue leapt back into the news this week after the Pentagon. Now, get ready for this. The Pentagon sent a survey to 400,000 troops to assess their attitudes on whether openly gay soldiers should be allowed to serve, with uh, questions being criticized by gay rights advocates as inaccurate, inflammatory, and biased. Some of the top brass in the uh, Pentagon are not happy about this. The chief of naval operations, Admiral Rojhead, uh, said after he learned the Pentagon leaders uh, were going to send this this poll out to the troops, this survey to find out uh, you know whether they liked this idea or not. He said, we've never assessed the force because it's not our practice to go within our military and poll our force to determine if they like the laws of the land or not. I mean, that gets you into a very difficult regime. Yeah, you bet, Admiral. Hey, next thing, you'll be polling the troops on whether they like being eternally sent back to fight an unwinnable war. Spy Swap, only from Foxy Phone Apps, a reality peep show that puts you behind the lines in beauteous Hydrangea, New Jersey. Get your bust or six-pack implant and lets you find out for yourself the state secrets behind golf courses, McMansions, hedge funds, and all-American suburban sex. Hey, it's better than Siberia, right? But when the FBI kicks in your door, the Real fun starts. Which family stays put on Elm Street and which one flies visionaire to Guantanamo? <laughs> Spy Swap tonight at 9, only on cable, Hulu, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and iPhone. And you can follow the families in exile on Google Maps. Factory workers demanding better wages and working conditions are hastening the eventual end of an era of cheap costs that helped make southern coastal China the world's factory floor. A series of strikes over the past two months have been a rude wake-up call for the many foreign companies that depend on China's low costs to compete overseas, from makers of Christmas trees to manufacturers of gadgets like the iPad. Where once low-tech factories and scant wages were welcomed in a China eager to escape isolation and poverty, workers are now demanding a bigger share of the profits. Also, China's putting money into the hinterland, and people are saying, I don't want to live here in southeast uh, China where they speak Cantonese and everybody is being you know, exploited by Americans and Koreans and Japanese. I want to go home to whatever my unpronounceable village is, and back they go, which, of course, reduces the labor pool and makes it more expensive to find the people you need. Many companies are striving to stay profitable by shifting factories to cheaper areas further inland or to other developing countries. And a few are even resuming production in the West. They're coming home. The bastards who took our jobs away are coming home because the days of slave labor are ending in China. Why don't we wait for them at the dock as they arrive and hand them a massive tax bill? for all the honest work they shipped abroad. China is going to go through a very dramatic period. Uh, the big companies are starting to exit. We all see the writing on the wall, said Rick Goodwin, a China trade veteran of 22 years whose company links foreign buyers with Chinese suppliers. Yeah, 
The writing's been on the wall for a while, but the Gajans couldn't read it because it was in Chinese. Uh, let me look at it. Let me translate it for you. That says, round-eyed exploiters, go home and screw over your own. Goodwin goes on to say, I have 15 major clients. My job is to give them the best advice I can, and I tell it like this. I tell them, put your helmet on. It's going to get ugly. Beijing's decision to stop tethering the Chinese currency to the U.S. dollar, allowing it to appreciate and thus boosting costs in yuan, has multiplied the uncertainty for companies already struggling with meager profit margins. We had to deal with them, you know. Depress the yuan, we'll buy lots of stuff, keep it cheap, we'll give you money, we won't tell on you, and we won't even mention the fact that you are a totalitarian torture-prone regime. No, it'll just be okay. In an about-face, whammo, the company that created the hula hoop and the slip and slide decided to bring half of its frisbee production and some production of its other products back to the u.s well what do you know the frisbee originated on the yale campus when undergraduates sailed frisbee pie company plates across the freshman commons is coming home my question is why did we let it go in the first place all in the name of free market capitalism you know the only thing free about free market capitalism is that corporations are free to live off a morally corrupt american tax system while they exploit workers abroad and flood us with cheap and often useless goods i'm going to go back to yale find myself a couple of frisbee pies and sail away from this whole sad situation well there's more news life science companies have shifted some production back to the us from China. In some cases, the U.S. was becoming cheaper, said Sean Carl, director of consulting services for Burlington Mass-based uh, Importus. That may soon become true for publishers, too. Uh, printing a 9x9-inch, 334-page hardcover book in China costs about 44 to 45 cents now, with another 3 cents for shipping, says Goodwin. The same book costs 65 to 68 cents to make it in the United States. If costs go up by half, it's about the same price as the U.S., and you don't have to wait 30 days on the water for shipping, he says. Well, okay. It's easy enough for me to shout, bring the jobs back home. But who's going to go to work in the factories when the jobs come back? The entitled generations who have watched three decades of TV where no one works? Um, they just consume and natter away about who's dating whom? No, we have no will for work that is not supported by the national culture, and the national culture support system is TV and the Internet. Our national heroes are the Kardashian sisters, whose only work is getting their nails done and their pictures taken hanging around the club or the pool doing absolutely nothing. It's the immigrants who will take the jobs, not from us, but by default, because we've traded in the lunchbox for the Xbox. In its most recent survey issued last February, restructuring firm Alex Partners found that overall China was more expensive than Mexico, India, Vietnam, Russia, and Romania. Mexico in particular has gained an edge thanks to the North American Free Trade Agreement and fast, inexpensive trucking, and dangerous trucking, says Mike Romeri, the executive with Importus, the consulting firm. Makers of toys and trinkets, Christmas trees, and cheap shoes already have folded by the thousands from China and moved to Vietnam, Indonesia, and Cambodia. The problem is these countries lack the huge workforce, infrastructure, and markets that China can offer, and most face the same labor issues as China. And let's not forget, 
oh, just a few years ago, we did a good job of totally destroying the infrastructure of Vietnam and Cambodia.